everybody, and welcome to Bad End Podcast, episode 60, old enough to be your grandparent episode. I'm Kyle Cookstell, one of the co-hosts. I'm joined, as mostly always, by Katie McCarthy of usgamer.net and Josh Calixto of Kotaku and other places recently, too. I feel like you've written somewhere. Where Josh, where have you written recently that's not just Kotaku? Um, I got a cool one coming up. I wrote oh. for, but I've written for MTV. I, I write, I'm writing for bullet points right now. Got oh, that's right. Coming out. That's right. About that's to drop exciting. a sweet little sum summon on there. Ooh, um, mm. Delicious. Yeah. So we got a, we got an episode for you guys today. We, uh, I think we're, we haven't really said anything, but we're going to do some fun stuff for the end of the year. Um, you guys know about our new disco Elysium podcast. That's kind of, it's cooking right now. It's going to come out hopefully here's pretty soon, but we got some other things up our sleeve before the new year rings in. So excited for that. But, but right now for today, for episode 60, maybe it makes sense to be episode 60 that such a seminal milestone, such a fucking crazy game came out that Josh, you and Katie have been playing, which is death stranding a hideo kojima game launch title for the nintendo ds beautiful (laughs) Death. could you imagine this game on ds that'd be sick yeah it's just like a little pixel just like walking out that's true man it could have been a ds it could have been a ds launch title which which of you can give the most like cogent explanation of death stranding in like two minutes before you get into your thoughts and prayers on it i want to open this by saying Fuck what you heard. (laughs) (laughs) No, but there was a lot of talk, a lot of discourse surrounding Death Stranding. I feel like it's like sort of died down weirdly, probably because like everyone's just playing Death Stranding now. But um, a lot of people were saying in reviews and stuff that like it's boring. I don't know if I could recommend this game to people. It's the kind of game that it's like, you know, you got to play. You either love it or you hate it. But I'm just like. I'm playing this thing and I'm like, who's playing this game and is like bored? I like I just I don't also don't get understand it. this like big weird like I feel like a lot of people that have like like have recommended it. They have like a bunch of caveats or whatever, but they're like I don't know, there's just been this weird and I, I've seen this like everywhere. It's not like one person or two people. Like I feel like everyone that reviewed it just kind of was like, I this is kind of a weird game and like everyone calls it weird and I don't think it's like especially strange of a game either. It just strikes me as sci-fi. Maybe it's weird for a triple A game, I guess, but it's just like really pulpy sci-fi kind of like a sci-fi television show is kind of what I'd compare it to like thematically in terms of dialogue, like dialogue's pretty bad. I guess it has like A-list stars or whatever, but I don't know, like, a lot of people that have been talking, or were talking about this game, like, pre-release, were saying, like, man, this game's, like, really tedious, it's really boring, they're having, like, this huge, like, existential moment of, like, do games need to be fun, you know? <laughs> and it w- and playing it, I'm like, yeah, this game's fun, I don't know why people were having this weird crisis in talking about this game, because it's just, like, you, I mean, you either click with it or you don't, it is, like, a very particular sort of game, if you don't, like... Wait, Katie... I have what? a question for you. Yeah. But about just before you go, keep going on. Okay. If Death Stranding was a sci-fi TV show, what network would it be on? Sci-fi. Like I'm talking like sci-fi. Oh, like straight up sci-fi. Like sci-fi. sci-fi, sci-fi. The, it's not like a Netflix budget. It's not like a uh, TNT I one-off. Disagree. I feel like I it, think it would be on HBO. Oh. HBO. No. HBO sci-fi. I or mean, wait, what? What did? What did? Uh, 
Westworld come out on HBO. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Like it's pretty Westworldy in like its scope, and the acting is like pretty good. Some of the writing's bad, but Westworld had its moments where the writing wasn't yeah, great. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. I don't think Westworld's good, but I can see that argument now because of we're Westworld. still. I still want to. So we got to back up again before we get into it. Some just what is Death Stranding? Someone just say what it, say what it is. Okay, I think I can do this. I'm, I'm, I think I can. So Are you up to the task? I'm up to the task. You're standing at the sword waiting to pull it from the stone saying, I can do this. So basically, you're this man named Sam Porter Bridges. That's his actual name, Sam Porter Bridges. He is a porter, so he delivers shit. He's like a UPS delivery man. Uh, you're in an undesignated time. They never. There's no like time like this is like 20 something something or in the near future. It's and you don't know when, but America's basically just non-existent. Uh, and it's post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic, like you. Every now and then, you see like a a car, but it's not like post-apocalypses of like rundown cities. Like it's it's kind of like a an America that's kind of rebuilding itself, but also most of civilization lives underground. So as a porter, your goal is you're like one of the few people that's just hanging out above ground, and you're delivering necessities. So that could be like you're delivering medicine to like some old ass man on a mountain, or like you're delivering something else, and. But as a porter, you are also taking with you like this like online connection. So you're basically like connecting the world or America via internet. And that's kind of like your journey is you're like going west to get everyone hooked up to this network to connect them, like quite literally. Uh, but also to like bring hope to America again. And there's like more stupid plot shit on on top of that, but that's like the basic gist is like you're just delivering stuff and you're getting people connected and you're like building stuff. Uh, but that's really where, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's the simplest description of it, yeah. but it's not even getting into like the coolest part of it, which there's this whole online infrastructure that like slowly unravels throughout the store or throughout the game where when you build like a bridge over a river, that bridge is now visible for all players. And then like when you unlock, like, let's say you unlock like a bike and then you just start seeing bikes everywhere because now that's like in your system or whatever, so now you see other players that have, like, abandoned their bikes, like, on the side of a road or something. And it just, like, has this cool, like, community aspect where you can go and, like, be super altruistic and, like, be like, I'm gonna carry all these materials just to build this road. Or you can just ignore it and just use other people's shit and whatever, like, no harm, no foul. But it has this, like, cool, like, shared world, but you never actually see another player. So it's, like, has this cool vibe to it. Kind of like Animal Crossing New Leaf. I would say, I don't know, it has like kind of like a yeah. similar vibe to that. So I think what's interesting, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in this game, which is that first of all, there's like a supernatural aspect to it, which is the apocalyptic event that occurred was called a death stranding where like the worlds of the living and the dead kind of like combined or intertwined and some catastrophic event happened. And now there's all sorts of like weird phenomena happening in the world that are pretty much unexplained. Part of that is because like a lot of the information was lost in the aftermath of this catastrophic event. And part of what you're trying to do by bringing the world back together is to get all the information back and to kind of like rebuild education systems and rebuild knowledge about what this stuff is, what this technology is that you're using, all this stuff like that. So when you're traversing above ground, there's a lot of weird phenomena that are occurring that are 
just making it very difficult to get from point A to point B, which is where the challenge in this game comes from. So first off, there's something called time fall, which is basically this rain that causes everything it touches to age rapidly. Um, so if you if it touches you, you'll like age extremely rapidly. And uh, if it touches your cargo, it'll get damaged over time. So you have to like stay out of the rain as much as you can. And then there's things called BTs or beached things, which are basically like these weird entities Dust from ghosts. fucking yeah from like the nether world or some shit and they can kill you and stuff like that um there and then there yeah there's all sorts of stuff that happens um there's th this is not really spoiler ter territory by the way katie have you been killed by a bt killed yeah no i've gotten through i mean i've gotten like grabbed by them and like did you die to one though? No. Okay. Well, Should I go like and die to one? Should of, I just go? <laughs> there's a bit of a spoiler that happens when you die to a BT because I did pretty early on on the way to this place called the wind farm. Um, so oh, the wind farm fucking sucks. Fast forward like one minute if you don't want to hear a spoiler, but it causes a void out. Oh, really? Yeah, it causes a void out which is basically like a mini nuclear explosion and all of the area of your map. It, it's like, it's, it turns into a crater. Like it's been nuked. Whoa. Whoa. That's tight. Yeah. That's it's cool. It's fucking crazy. I wonder if that's, well, I guess that would just be for your games. I, I feel like I haven't come across that at all. From no. Other... Yeah. I think it only happens in your game. Interesting. But to stop talking a bit about like the core gameplay loop and what I find actually interesting about this game. First off, it is fucking weird in not in like a not in like a oh look how funky this gameplay is but in like a you i haven't seen this before in a game and in that way it's like it feels alien and just like there's a lot of times that it surprises me where i'm like what the f this is such a just out of nowhere idea that nobody else would think to try that's just like kojima being like let's hey what if I feel like a lot of the gameplay ideas are just Kojima going like, what if we had it be so that like if you put down a thing and it shows up in another player's world, you can give it like Facebook likes, dude. I feel like he was stoned. <laughs> or so it's like an idea that you'd come up with when you're stoned in college and you're like, what if we made a game not about killing, but about connecting people, man, like fucking you do stuff and it shows up in other players worlds and you help each other. And like, that's the whole, I feel like three quarters of college students probably had this idea at some <laughs> point. You know what I'm saying? You have, you, you guys probably thought about this before. What if <laughs> are you saying, are you saying that death stranding is like the most triple a nice core game that was ever made. It's a little nice core, but it's not like, but it's also I feel like, like, it's like optimistic. Like, I feel like it feel to me it feels very similar to Metal Gear and it's like a fractured America and conspiracy theories and that type of shit but mm -hmm. it's like a more it's like what if like Metal Gear had like a very optimistic and nice message of bringing people together <laughs> like cuz and that's like and in all the like pre and like the ramp up to the launch like Kojima's been doing like interviews with like big newspapers and stuff and he like talked about how he was inspired by like Brexit and like Trump being like, I'm going to build right. a wall. And that's like what inspired him to make this game. He's like, I just want people are building up walls and being very selfish when they should be like 
Building bridges. Bri- yeah, exactly. Building bridges. <laughs> it's like so on the nose. And then like the main character's literal name is Sam, like Uncle Sam. And then Porter. And he's a porter. And then his last name's Bridges. It's like, and there's like another character whose middle name is America. It's like, there's just like so, so. And then there's the usual dumb names like Dead Man and Die Hard Man and stuff. And Mama, which is like, okay. I don't know. Have you gotten to her chapter? No, I haven't yet. And I'm like, I already know it's, it's going to be a lot. A lot of the like chapters that are devoted to them, like explain where their names come from. And hers seems particularly, uh, you know, morose, just weird. Uh, but yeah, I I'm think... on fra- fra- Fragile's chapter. Okay. Yeah, and her story is already like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. But I'm not into the story stuff at all. Some of it's pretty funny in terms of dialogue, but I'm just like not, I'm not vibing with it. <laughs> I'm just kind How of does, like, like the yeah. story like actually play into the game because it's because I know scenes. there's like this whole story of like connecting people but like does no, that, no, no, no. Does that uh, affect any of the so okay first of all regarding uh-huh. nice core okay okay this game is like it's not cloying because it's like maniacally optimistic yeah it's like <laughs> in your face like so dude, so obvious what? Yeah, it is. But it's like to to an extent that it's like I just I got to respect it, you know, because he's so into the like overarching goodness of people or whatever. And it's like, bro, chill. Just some people are bad, dude. There's like <laughs> bad people out there. But it you got to respect it at a certain point. But anyway, I think the way that the story ties in with the gameplay stuff is really dope, actually, because you feel altruistic and it really um it incentivizes altruism yeah in a way that i think a lot of games don't which is you feel like your your actions are actually helping other people because when you do anything in the games world when you put down something that's there to help yourself it stays in the world and appears in other people's games and when they're passing by it it's very easy to give that person likes which is you pass by something and you have like five seconds to just give it as many likes as you want, which is by mashing the little middle (laughs) button on the PlayStation four. And you can give it like 15, 20 likes in the course of like a couple seconds. And that shows up in your, the other players games. So if they get likes that helps their character to level up. So whenever you do something, it shows up in other people's games. It helps them. They can like it. And you're all like kind of helping each other. And there's none of this at first so you're just going through a barren wasteland where there's just absolutely nothing and that's where i think it feels most like a quote walking simulator where it's just you getting from point a to point b and it just feels like fucking nothing in this world and then now it feels like i'm playing an mmorpg minecraft building infrastructure simulator where i'm like i'll go out with like 800 pounds of fucking metal and ceramics <laughs> yeah, to rebuild like the, gold, the road yeah. and then i get likes for giving building a road with it and i log off i come back in it's like you've received eight thousand yeah, likes from other like players an, yeah it's crazy like, like they love me they use my road <laughs> yeah like i i remember like I, pretty early on i had left like two climbing ropes on this like cliffside and I had, like, gone and done some mission, and then I was, like, kind of walking back to that area, and I was just getting, like, so many likes, and it was, like, my first instance of, like, oh, wow, people are using the shit I left, and it's popping up in their game, yeah. so they don't have to use their equipment, and that made me feel good. And then when the road started getting introduced, I, like, made a point to, like, 
at every like unbuilt road, I would stop and be like, oh, do I have anything that I can introduce? I'm like, oh, well, I can head to the center to pick up these materials to come back here to deposit it. So I got like really into road building and I did not do any story stuff for a long time. So I was like (laughs) very focused on like helping other players. And I thought that was like really fun and cool. And I like, you know, it's, it's just like, I like logging in and being like, this insane amount of people used your road and they all liked you for it. And now you're like super popular and you're popping off and your porter level. I definitely wonder if like, I wonder if this was a thing like in a lot of like the initial reviews I read, this part of the game seems like not present in reviews. And I wonder, is it, does it have to do with like, I've not read about it in reviews. People were like, but I feel like it wasn't emphasized. So like Josh just called it like almost feeling like an MMO. Like this sort of idea doesn't seem like it came up with a lot of stuff. It's like people who were reviewing it were talking about it. I had this thought too. Like with paying, they're like playing with like thirty people in the world, so like nothing mm-hmm. was appearing, and now you're playing with like millions of people, yeah. and like stuff is everywhere. So what's interesting is that it if it showed you everything anyone built in this game ever, it, it would, would be impossible. Be impossible. So th- it's showing you like stuff from specific people. I'm not really sure how it yeah, works. Yeah, I wonder how it's, I wonder if it's like people at the same level as but you type I, thing. I don't I know. I think it's that. And then I think there's something you could do called bridge links that it'll show you more of your, like another player's stuff. If you like liked their stuff at the beginning, it'll show you more stuff that they built. So I think it's showing you like a pretty limited number, but if you make bridge links, it's like, it'll show you a lot more of that one person's stuff and you can be like bros or whatever. Bridge bros. Bridge bros, baby. (laughs) Triple B, BBBs. Um, (laughs) So there's that stuff. And a lot of people did get a little bit offended at the whole, like this game is weird idea, but there is some like genuinely weird stuff. I think BBs are weird. I think, I think, bb is weird right <laughs> bb is it, the fetus that you carry is, I, don't know, I just is feel is like all sci-fi at its core is weird i think that's like the thing that i don't i don't see how this is like a stranger <laughs> thing than you're carrying a baby else. in a little pouch in your stomach on your fucking stomach I, and norman reedus is <laughs> and then he's I drinking also, monster I energy st- drinks the monster and i feel like that's the weird stuff is the monster taking a shit that you turn into fucking a grenade and when it takes a shit it shows him sitting on the shitter and it goes what when he's taking a shit and then it's like hey we made a grenade out of your number two that's a little bit weird the body fluid grenades are so fucking useless they should not like they're so useless like don't who uses them? Use the blood. I grenades. tried and it didn't do shit. It doesn't do anything. No pun intended. Yeah, it doesn't do shit. <laughs> your piss doesn't do shit. Like, um, man, it's like a only bummer. Your blood. The blood. The blood stuff's actually like it's pretty sick. The blood stuff is dope. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of dope shit in this game, but I mean, come on, it's like it's a little bit weird, but it's not like it's not. I don't know. I just don't. Just weird. Yeah, I feel like it's. I don't know. I just. I haven't. I don't feel like there's an argument to be made that there aren't weird aspects of this game. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I don't know. I feel maybe because I like read and watch a lot of sci-fi. I'm just like, yeah, everything is fucking weird. I don't know. All sci-fi is weird. <laughs> that's kind of like the basis of the genres. It's off kilter in some way. Like in fucking. I disagree. What was that movie? Ad Astra. <laughs> there's fucking Applebee's on the moon there. Like that's weird. That's all sci-fi. All sci-fi is weird shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, there are weird elements to sci-fi and there are weird elements to this game. 
That's all. I think I'm it's saying. like it's weird for a sci-fi video game because I think sci-fi video games are usually pretty tame. That's true. That's fair. Yeah, because it's always they're always in space or some shit. Like there's always or it's like a ship. Fuck, it's demons. Fuck, it's, it's yeah. Portal. I don't think girl. this game is like notable for being weird by any stretch of the imagination, but there's some weird stuff in there, and it's I would I don't even think weird is how I describe it as much as like quirky kojima stuff that he does you know what i'm saying yeah where it's like it's just shit that you'd find in any kojima game like it's more of a kojima thing than anything else um then that's his distinctive character you know what i'm saying oh also want to say this game's got like the best faces in it like <laughs> mads mickelson's face when it's like blurred out a little bit they'll do this thing where it's like a soft focus and you're like oh that's mads dude and he's looking at you and he's like it looks like homie dude it looks like him i'm like mads is sitting here with me in my desk <laughs> have you taken photos in the mirror with norman yet yeah yeah it's so fun i was doing that for like an hour just cracking <laughs> yeah that whole private room stuff is fun it's basically it's like, like in Miku, uh project diva those games uh especially the f games uh, you can fuck around in a Vocaloid room. You decorate the room. You can like mess around with them. You can, you know, hang out with Miku and the other Vocaloids. That stuff's a little weird. And that's, <laughs> well, I'm saying that's what, that's what this game's room thing is. Like, that's another thing I've seen people like pointing out. I was like, oh, this room thing's weird. I'm like, this was just like a Japanese game thing. This is so many like idol games. Like, this is just normal. <laughs> But so turning it's, it's, Norman Reedus into the equivalent like, of Hatsune Miku is a little interesting. I love he, it. He'll, he's sitting there like on his bed. He does like a, he like man spreads and he's just like. He like man spreads. When you look at him, he'll like. He'll wink you at you. Or he'll be like, hey, what's up? One time, like when he was really <laughs> dirty, he was like, give me a shower. He was like pointing at the shower, like take me to the shower, please. I never bathe him. <laughs> he's like begging you to take, give him a shower. And then he do, he does all kinds of it's funny silly. stuff. It's fun. It's silly. Um, again, he takes a shit, and when he takes a shit, it shows a AMC. It's ad his show. For his show, he has a travel show. I learned this <laughs> because of this game. Ad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, fucking Nicholas Winding Refn is like. He's a major character, dude. Yeah, yeah, he and Guillermo del Toro are like all all up in that. They're like your main yeah. people that, that talk to you. And the what's her face? The girl from the Leftovers. I f what is her mama, name? The chick who plays Mama. Yeah, she's the girl. I don't know, but she's great. She's hot in this game. <laughs> she's hot in this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I was know. thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking. Like, yeah, Fragile's hot. She has that like. Is that cool what do? What's that yeah, actress yeah. name? Yeah, oh Leia Sado. Yeah, she has cool hair. Yeah, like, she is. <sighs> Dude, the first time I saw her in Mission Impossible, what's the the one uh, Ghost with, Protocol? Where he, Ghost Protocol. Yeah, I was man. like, who is that? She's Gorge. She is Gorge. Such I think she's pretty good lady. in this game. Like, she does a lot with the material she is given, which is not that good. <laughs> but, and that's you know. what I'm thinking. Like, what are these people? I have to imagine. Like, what is Norman Reedus thinking when he sees his character also just taking a shit? Another and thing farting? that's funny is like. Troy Baker's like a villain in this game, and I feel like he's so fucking hammy. But like, you know, he's I feel like he's so used to just doing video game shit that his performance kind of like feels almost like a tier above the rest because like he's used to doing this mocap shit. Whereas right. 
everyone else is like, what the fuck am I doing? This is weird. You, you know what it, about this game that I'm not getting that I kind of wish I had gotten? And people will probably disagree me, with me on this, but it's more of like a, do you, do you have this feeling from this game? And it's like, you do or you don't. But I feel like past Kojima games, even when they were more like cutscene like games where it was like you're watching a 45 minute cutscene this game doesn't really have so much of that actually as like metal gear did where it was like infamous for just having 45 minute stretches where you're not doing shit but watching a movie um i i feel like this game like those cutscenes gave metal gear this sense of like larger than life blockbuster ultra expensive insane luxury excess you're being presented with like 8,000 more things than you need at any given point. There's always weird new ideas that are like, it's just bursting with more ideas than it can even hold in its it, in itself. This game, it like trickles them out to you at a pretty slow pace. And since they're kind of, I feel like they kind of get dispersed in the moments where you're like getting from point A to point B, where it's like, I don't feel at the beginning of the game, I felt that larger than life sense that I got from Metal Gear games. But I feel like that's kind of been lost in the like 15 hours since then that I've been playing. I don't feel that like constant sense of like everything that's happening is nuts right now. You know what I'm saying? A lot of that spectacle has kind of been it's dissolved a little bit since the opening. I don't know if you would agree with that, Katie. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, when you, I mean, I guess we saw this with, like, Metal Gear Solid Five, right? Like, that also, I I mean, I never played that. I played Ground Zeroes, but I didn't play Phantom Pain. But that, from what I heard, also toned down the cutscene stuff. It was more about the gameplay. And this game also kind of feels like that. It's more like about, like, it's not just you're as the, in the story connecting all these networks. It's you as a player are also connecting with other players by leaving shit around, by going out of your way to build shit. Like, that's, like the point of yeah. it so it's like really doubling down on that message of connecting people but i don't know yeah yeah no that's true uh mgs5 did did lose that like kind of um intense spectacle that i was getting from previous metal gear games but part of me kind of misses that stuff um at the same time it's kind of unfair to judge this game based on like the spectacle that it lacks compared to old kojima games and i have the feeling that once this game starts wrapping up it's gonna start getting there again where shit's gonna go crazy you know oh yeah for sure like i already i already feel like i can guess the twists that are gonna happen but you know i don't know there's some there's some interesting stuff that's happening but overall the pacing feels a little um slow yeah, it's definitely slow. Pay I feel like th there's not much progression happening, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like, so I'm like in... Plot-wise, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm in Chapter 3. I'm, I'm toward the end of Chapter 3 at this point. Um, Like, I just met the director of Kong Skull Island in, like, a weird desert area. Um, <laughs> Because there's so many weird cameos in this game. There's Junji Ito. Uh, There's a lot of people. Anyway, um... But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm like nearing that. And I feel like there's just like, I don't want like the beginning is so front loaded with plot. And then you just get like these little sprinklings of cutscenes. But I feel like I'm not, it's more like character backstories. It's not like the plot moving forward, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like the plot pretty much is like you're heading west to go to your sister 
so she could become the new president of the United States because she's stuck on a beach for some reason. They still haven't really been clear with whatever, some mysterious thing that she cannot leave, so she has not aged. Uh, yeah. I think the game is fun. I think it's yeah. a fun game. Yeah. Like, legit a fun game. I want to play it right and- now. But I can't because yeah. I'm recording this podcast and I hate it. <laughs> Damn it. That's like the crazy thing about reading people talk about this game being like weird that like this game's didn't I haven't played it. I've been watching people play streams and whatever, and like this game is a pretty fucking video game. Like it's not like we've seen, I think, a lot of like properly weird games that are like strange and different, but like this game looks like a triple A video game where you just happen to walk a lot. Like it's not, yeah. it's not weird in the sense of like, wow, all this, like it's changing the way games are played. It's like fucking Wii sports seems a little weirder than like what death stranding is doing, which is like third person character action adventure game with some like interesting mechanics. But like the notion of it being like so weird and impenetrable is like, I, I don't know. Maybe like if you don't want to walk in a landscape, then I guess, but otherwise it's like, you're doing gamey stuff a lot of the time. Yeah, and a lot of the comparisons I've seen people draw to it is like a truck simulator game, which I totally get a vibe from. You know, it's like all about managing your cargo, you know, kind of just like thinking like strategically in that respect, but also kind of getting in the zone and just going around. But I also feel like it's a lot more than that, you know? It has like this really interesting online infrastructure. The story is at least a little bit interesting, even though I'm not particularly invested in it. Like, I just, you know, usually chuckle at the dialogue, but. It's just so, it's just such a weird argument to make to me because it's like, isn't any open world game you're just walking from point A to point B and doing something in between? Like, in most game, that thing is shooting people. But in Death Stranding, that thing is sometimes you're actually shooting shit, first of all. So it doesn't even have that element where it's like less interesting because that but a lot of times it's like you have stealth elements you have evasion elements you have strategic planning elements where you're like trying to get around the landscape in specific ways um you have like elements of like trying to use the tools that you're given to do interesting things and interacting with the territory there's um there's just like all kinds of things that you're doing that are not necessarily shooting but they're activities that you have to do as you're walking through the landscape like Minecraft, you you call that a builder crafting game. Like you're crafting stuff in this game too. Like you have shit to do. Why isn't it? Why aren't they calling people calling it a crafting game? Like it just doesn't make sense to me why people are calling this a walking simulator, comparing it to that when there's like a lot of different activities in this game that are not walking. Yeah, I don't really get that comparison because, like, walking simulators, like, I know it's like a derogatory. It's like you're either term. shooting or you're but walking. That's, well, like, no that, those, that genre is just storytelling and walking. And this, I feel like there's, like, cargo management. There's, like, stamina. There's, like, all these elements. There's action. Like, there's... Survival. S- yeah, survival. Like, there's so much going on. Like, it's, like, way more than just walking. And just because you I don't find shoot. That, it's a walking simulator, yeah. people are calling it. And also... I guess, quote, technically a mini spoiler, but you shouldn't really have to consider this a spoiler. You get access to a motorbike in like chapter two. Yeah. And <laughs> after that, you're just driving a motorcycle everywhere. I, I've been driving the motorcycle everywhere. But yeah, I drive a motorcycle or steal a truck. <laughs> I haven't walked in this game like from point A to point B since like chapter 
two or some every once in a while there's a mission where like i have to take it by hand or something like that but that's very rare so it's like why not a driving game why not it just doesn't make sense to me like i don't get i I don't get it I read somewhere with someone, I can't remember what it was, was some review. Actually, I think I might have been a US gamer, but someone said um, that like Death Stranding feels like kind of the last word on the last decade of game design, where it's like it's all these things that have been popular kind of in the past decade kind of taken to this very specific point. And it's not, it's not some argument about do they come together well or not, but just that like this game is packed with like ambient multiplayer experiences like third person character action, uh, like you're saying survival crafting, uh, like traversals stuff, like all these things that have kind of really emerged out of the past sort of like decade. And it kind of feels like maybe the last kind of big hoorah of what this decade of like game design type stuff represented or, and kind of bridging <laughs> the gap <laughs> between like where it's at now and where it might go. Um, and I think that's an interesting frame to think about it as kind of this, you know, who better than Kojima with like an infinite budget to basically just do everything for a video game. Um, and it's, I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree I've, with that. I've been, yeah, and I, I agree with that. I, I don't remember if that was a review. I honestly don't remember. I edited that so long ago. It's like um, <laughs> gone in the wind. Probably cat said something like that. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been really into it. I went into this game like hearing that it was super tedious and shit. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to. I don't think I'm going to like this game. Like I just kind of had an idea of like, I don't think it's going to click with me at all. Like I find like busy work usually really tedious. But I think because the loop is really satisfying and I like the like just general altruistic. I feel like I've used that word like five times this podcast. (laughs) The general like altruistic nature of this game is just like very pleasant. And it's just like a very nice game. And it's rare too, yeah. to have stuff that you can do in games help other people. Yeah, and it feels like and I'm genuinely like to helping. Feel that it is, yeah. Because I, I feel like I've been helped by their like other people's structures. So yeah, it's like, I'll be you like, know. hell yeah, there's something here, and it doesn't yeah. feel like you're cheating. Exactly. Um, friend of the show Blake Hester was saying that he turned off the online features because it was making the game too easy. But I'm like, you gotta let you gotta let the people help you, man. Yeah, it's like it's about helping <laughs> your in. fellow people. Also, Let I still in. feel like there's challenge. I don't know. Like, there's Blake still areas. doesn't want to be on the chiral network. He's one of those people. God damn he's it. one of the people in the base. He's like a purist. Open. He's a death stranding purist. Like no fucking chiral network he's, for me. He's the person uh, who's like in the bunker like. I'm not getting on the chiral network. What have you done for me? And then you do like four Fuck shipments for him. And he's like, yeah. And then they're like, you know what? You're a good guy. Put me on the network. <laughs> That's Blake right now. Blake, let us in, Blake. Add yeah. me on PSN. Aztec <laughs> underscore anger. Love uh. you. Uh, one thing I do wish Death Stranding is I wish because I know everyone I fucking know is playing this game like every time I log on to PSN it's just my whole friends list is either playing Call of Duty or Death Stranding and I wish they had like a balancing for seeing your friends stuff because I feel like I've not run into anything my friends have done but I don't know how it's arranged like I know in the review period obviously you're seeing hell people you know because like oh like there's a very small pool of people playing this game right now all people in the industry like I, I didn't play till launch, so I feel like I'm not seeing any of like 
my buds stuff, and that kind of bumps me out. Like, I wish I could see, like, ah, like, Josh built this bridge. Thanks, Josh. I'll give you, like, one, like, just not, I'm not going to spam that like button. Let's give one, but. Spam. No. I'm just kidding. Smash that subscribe button. That's another funny thing is, like, the more you level up, the more of a window you have to give likes consecutively. (laughs) So it's, like, I think I'm up to, like, seven, seven seconds, so I'm just, like, spamming that touch button, and then, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I just leveled past mover. Um, I don't know what level I'm on. Like, there's porter, mover, and then I'm, I think I'm, like, handler now. Okay, I think I might be mover, actually. That sounds right. I think yeah, I'm mover, yeah. mover is, like, the second tier. I'm, like, yeah. third. Okay. So, You're getting up there. I want a Bridges hat, dude. Dude, same. Also, <laughs> I made my car or my motorcycle. You could change the color scheme. You can? Like, yeah. Go to if you're at the garage. What? When you yeah, when you bring it out, you press triangle and you could change the color. Oh my god, I'm gonna make it. They cute. have the Eva. Um, you could do the green and purple. Oh <laughs> hell yeah, dude! Yeah, it's pretty sick. Dude, I had no idea you could weird. change the color. Oh man, yeah. you gotta do that. You could do it to your backpack too. Once you unlock backpack customization. Oh my god! Which by I, the way, a, customize your subscri- backpack. If you pre-ordered a GameStop, no, unlock backpack customization. Make sure you put grenade pouches on your bag people because if not that shit takes up a lot of space on your back and it's fucking annoying yeah grenades are always on my bag i always do the optimize just triangle to optimize yeah but when you put them in the pouches you don't have to carry them in a box like the mm-hmm. utility pouch with the blood bags yeah Good shit why yeah, am i carrying I, one I, blood I, bag in a fucking roll cage yeah i, I put the blood bags <laughs> in my utility pouch Makes no but, sense. yeah who plays the baby what is that? Is that baby? Uh, it's like free, um, freeware sound. Bar- Bart Harley Jarvis. It's uh, Macaulay <laughs> Culkin. <laughs> you guys Dude. think we can get Norman Reedus on Bad End? Oh, that would be the shit. Norman, listen, listen us. If you listen to this Go podcast, and you have an end to Norman Reedus. Norman, hear us. <laughs> fucking let us know. Tell us about your AMC show. I don't know anything about it. I had to look it up on Wikipedia. <clears throat> oh, you looked it up. Yeah. See, dude. He was inspired by Easy Rider. Norman's fucking. Aren't we all? Yeah, that's true. Aren't we all? We all want to run into Jack Nicholson and accidentally kill him. I want PT now. (laughs) (laughs) This game makes me want PT. I wonder if PT is secretly hidden. Silent Hills game. Sorry, not PT. PT is secretly hidden inside of this. When that was like announced, that seemed so sick. It was like Dream Team, Guillermo del Toro, like Junji Ito doing monster design. Kojima directing. It just seemed Norman Rita starring for some reason because Walking Dead was very popular at the time. Like it's, <laughs> it seemed like a dream team. And then, yeah, it just fumbled. I think it's sad. Next game, survival horror, Kojima. It's going to be like a Silent Hills game. Kojima's next shit. Yeah. I bet they're, like, they're all in the like, office, like, want, working on something else. I would love Del Toro involved because he has great a great eye for monster design. Like I'd love Ito just because he's a good artist like bb bb you're alive god um, now <laughs> you guys it's like a good mads impersonation <laughs> you guys want to go on a break yeah um yeah well uh, let's say goodbye to katie real quick yeah she has to get i more have to go because i'm going to new york tomorrow morning very early so i have to pack and do a bunch of shit before i leave so i just popped in to talk death stranding happy now, travels katie Thank you, thank build you. Build a bridge is... I'm going to build a bridge New to New York and to Brooklyn to see my good friend Kyle. 
Makati. Yay. Yay. God, I'm leaving this podcast, never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys after the break. Every time Katie's gone, boys time, <laughs> boys time, baby. Boy, um, no, we, let's just do grab bag. Let's just right. go through what's going on this week. What we want? What do you want to talk about, Kyle? Man, what's up? I got what's on your mind. I got a few things. Um, hell yeah, content. Okay. First thing for my <laughs> hashtag content. Um, I'm gonna I'm talk about. I'm gonna talk about a really cool little board game. <laughs> playing recently uh i just it's kind hat. of a video game but if it's like if a video game was printed on paper um and it's called actually so this is there's Pen a there's a video game tie-in here all right so you all probably know derek you who yeah. creator of spelunky you also creator you. of derek you uh <laughs> I bet he gets that all the time. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> um, also created, he was creating this game coming out called <laughs> UFO 50, which ostensibly UFO. is a game of 50 games that are like supposed to be reasonable size. So that sounds fucking crazy. Um, but, I used to have but, like 301 games as a kid. Those little ones, those handheld like made in China. It oh, runs yeah, on like dude. a watch yeah, battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but the like thing with this though is that like Tetris apparently blocks. they're like apparently they're like real games. That's nuts. That's it sounds like a terrible idea, but maybe it'll be dope. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um but anyways, so on UFO 50, the UFO 50 is Derek U and a few other designers, one of which is this guy whose name is John Perry. Um and John Perry worked with Derek U uh 6 years ago. And made this game that I haven't actually played yet, which is called Time Barons. I'm holding it in front of the camera here, but if I show you, Josh, if you look, read it, read, read it to the people. What does that say? Shit. A game of I'm reading it backwards because it's a game of tactical card combat designed by John Perry and Derek Yu. Bang. So this is their first Sick. board game. This came out. Doesn't say. I think it came out in like, oh, 2017. John Perry sounds like the name of like someone I read about in history, but forgot about. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) but then John Perry back at it again, uh, designed this game recently this year called Airland and sea. Um, this is just straight up a John Perry original. So John Perry's cranking away on UFO 50 with Derek U and also just farts out this amazing two player game. Um, I'll just tell you about it real quick. I think it's dope. Uh, basically each, each player gets a deck of cards and these cards have numbers on them. And, uh, each like little card has an effect. The cards go from like, I think like one to nine. Um, 
And so each player has got a deck of these cards. And then in, in between each players are like three cards. One says air, one says land and one says sea. And so in your deck of cards, um, the cards are kind of suited to air, land and sea. And you can only play a card in a place on your side of the board. That's air, land or sea based on what the card is. So when you're playing these cards in different areas, the cards have different um, point values, which basically represents their strength. So like you play like a one in land, it's like a small infantry unit. But if you play like a nine in land, it's like a tank. And some cards have abilities that cause other things to move around. So you're playing with this other player and you're basically the hand of cards is like seven or eight. But basically you're playing down these cards and these cards are interacting in a very kind of interesting way. Um, and it's like the, I'm trying to think of what like the cool twist is basically like the way the, the kind of the key thing of the game is that, um, you're playing cards in columns, air, land, and sea. And if you play a card on top of another card in that like suit air, land, or sea, um, someone else's card can't affect your card. Uh, so you basically cover it. So the idea is that some cards allow you to flip and turn over cards. And when you're turning over cards, you're triggering their effects or not. So basically you're trying to play cards. You get basically get a hand of like seven cards and you're like, how do I most effectively play down these seven cards such that I have more points and two of the three theaters as they're called than the other player. Mm. Um, And it's super dope. Uh, That wasn't a great review, but I highly recommend it. If you're looking for two player card games, Airland and Sea by John Perry is super great. Is it like turn based or do you just lay out your shit and then it's turn based. So it's like, so here's the other crazy thing. So it's turn-based. And basically, if you're looking at your hand and you can see that you're not going to win, you can actually concede. And when you concede, the opponent gets less points or fewer points depending on how many cards you have in your hand. So if you concede with like your whole hand, the opponent will only get two points. Whereas if you concede with like one card left, the opponent will almost get like the max points for the round. So there's a little bit of like, kind of like push your luck sort of thing, because you could play a lot of low cards and your opponent might think that they've got something in the bag, but you play this other card that causes two other cards to flip. And all of a sudden they're like, um, their theater they thought they had on lock is now like upended by your last card. Um, so it's got kind of this, like the, the military theme is like kind of weird because it doesn't totally make sense, but it's a lot of like, subtle shifting and moving and playing of like a small hand of cards that's um it's really compelling because your cards can also affect other players cards as well so it's not like you're just working on your side and it's whoever can play their cards best it's your cards can affect other cards in a uh, other theaters that the other players playing in so um it's like it's like the game is literally like maybe ten dollars um and check it out i like i like seeing what other like game designers do and John Perry um, seems to be on a good one. I wanted to know, um, well, this is interesting. Have you ever played Cardline? Cardline? Yeah. No, I've never even heard of Cardline. Dude, Cardline owns. Oh, man. It's like the ultimate, you know how there's like Sushi Go. There's a lot yeah. of like casual card games. Oh, you ever played Sushi Go? Or like, I feel like when I meet a lot of people who are like, oh, I love board ca- card games, board games. It used to be, it used to be, um, Catan and it still is but uh-huh. now there's like exploding kittens though people are like have you played exploding kittens or um what do you meme is like a new one there's like those types of games card yeah. line is like the best it's the shit 
<laughs> so they have different card line games. They have card line animals. Card I'm looking line. at card line animals right now. The, the, my favorite one is countries. It's like world or whatever. And so it's just a, a box with a bunch of cards and it's each card is a different country in the world. I think so, you mean Cardline Globetrotter, Josh. It's yeah, Cardline Globetrotter. There it is. Cardline Globetrotter. It's just cards that has like, you know, fucking USA, Thailand, um, Japan, um, fucking Mexico, Chile, all these different countries. And on the back, it has four different stats about the country. The same four stats for every country. There's GDP, there's population. Uh, square mileage like the area that the country occupies and then carbon footprint is i believe one of them too and you decide which one of those criteria you're going to play your game on right and then from there it becomes first you you deal out one card in the middle everyone has a hand of like seven countries and then what you have to do is you put down one of your cards and then you have to say okay the card that's on the table is does my country have bigger or smaller GDP than the country that's on the table? And so if you put it above, it means it has greater. And so you flip it over. And if it has a greater GDP than the country that's on the table already, then, okay, then you get to keep that card down. So you keep on going this way so that ultimately you're creating a line of cards, but it gets harder because you have like, you'll have like Japan and USA and Japan is like, you know, area, area wise smaller than the usa but then if someone gets chile you have to go okay is this bigger than usa and smaller than japan or is it bigger you know you have to like put it on the line in the correct place and it gets more difficult as you go because there's more cards on the table and you have to get it correct where it's like is this in between this country and this country or this country and this country or is it the biggest of all um and you just try to get rid of all your cards and then you win so it's like is really it deter- simple. Is it deterministic though? Because it sounds like you would just be able to play everything. Like you would just know what to play, right? You don't know what your cards say. You just know what country you have. So you don't know how many square feet or square miles it is. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. guess where it goes in the line that's already been created. Really that reminds simple. me, there's, there's this game that sounds similar called like, I think it's called Timeline. And it's like everyone gets a hand of cards and you have to like play cards down in the order you think they happened in real life. Um, and it's like, it's like timeline, the 1800s and it's like photography. It uh, might actually like be the same. Horseback carriage. It, the, it might be part of like the same suit. Maybe it started as timeline and then they just turned it into a bigger thing that's just called card line about different right, subjects. I'm looking at timeline versus card line. Anyway, they're cheap. They're on oh, Amazon. Oh, it's a sister game. So they're related, but not the same. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Same, okay. same idea. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've, told you, I've played Timeline, but Cardline. Yeah. Cardline Globetrotter, so, baby. Man, I could talk about board games all day, but what you got? I want to talk what's your, about what's your grab bag? Blizzard a little more because we talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, Is it because you're drinking out of a Blizzard water bottle right now on oh, the stream? Yeah. That's, uh, I saw it. That's a different story. But um, <laughs> basically... BlizzCon happened like last week or whatever. And people talked a little bit more about the whole um, Blitzchung 
controversy, the China controversy. Uh, it got a little bit of coverage, but I was way off base with that. I thought it was going to affect some change. I thought people were going to boycott Blizzard and that was going to be like a big hit to them. I thought it was going to be the big story at BlizzCon. And then basically what happened is at BlizzCon the first day, the J. Allen Brack was just like, we messed up guys and we're going to do better. And then that was the whole, that was it. He just said and that. And also Diablo 4 is coming and, also, and everyone fucking just and forgot now everything. Diablo. And everyone was just like, all right, we're back. Blizzard's back, baby. And that's it. So that's <laughs> totally, it's exactly how it went everyone down. It's so depressing. was like pissed and everyone was like, this is the one pl- thing that everyone could agree on was bad. And then after he said that, after J. Allen Brack, like, put that apology out all of a sudden if people were like well they didn't even really address the problem then everyone all of a sudden was like you're a fucking sjw if you say anything else because you already apologized where it's like once the ceo comes on stage and says like he taps the mic sorry guys that's it it's over (laughs) the controversy's over baby that's all there is to it just move on and it was just like okay i guess this is just the world we live in and it's like um, to be completely frank with you, it's pretty depressing. Uh, it's like, uh, I guess nothing is going to really change. Cause I mean, I mean, what, of course the CEO is going to apologize, you know, like he didn't even say China. He didn't say blitz Chung. He didn't say, he didn't say anything like specific about what happened. It was the most like safe thing you could possibly say about something like this, but it's like, what do you even do now? You know? You're just not going to play Diablo 4. Um, which to uh, to add on, I've been playing some Hearthstone Battlegrounds. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you, you undeleted your Blizzard account? I never deleted my Blizzard account. <laughs> I was like, maybe they'll... I figured, you know, maybe they'd do something that would make it like not as big of a deal to play a blizzard game after um and that wasn't the apology but i'm i'm playing it i'm playing the game what can i say i should probably not but what am i gonna do not play league of legends now (laughs) we're not gonna play (sighs) aoc plays league of legends you know it wouldn't be the biggest sjw there is by tencent riot is so i mean i don't know man um battlegrounds is basically hearthstone version of like auto chess or tft but with cards how does that even work i mean you know how we were talking about how this game is basically a board game slash card game yeah it turns out it's very easy to turn into a card game it's and it's actually a lot simpler than tft and auto chess i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up a picture of this so i can have some context it's just it looks like hearthstone it looks like just hearthstone okay with bigger numbers uh-huh um you buy units and then they auto battle against each other at the uh when there's combat oh so it's not like a you're still playing in a line yes but it's not a but grid okay okay that makes sense and they just randomly attack so like one of your minions will randomly attack one of their minions one of their minions will randomly attack one of your minions so you're basically trying to stack statistics on top of each other and create the best board you can um there's some positioning stuff which is like your minions attack left to right 
Um, but besides that, it's not positioning's not huge, huge, huge in this game. Although, like, you get this hang of it pretty easily. So, been playing some of that. It's pretty fun. But uh, man, that just reminds me on on this grab bag tip. I'm just remembering grab artifact. It. You know, artifacts got its problems. It might God. happen. But like one of the things that made me so mad about that game that I was just unable to forgive was the fact that attacking direction from a unit was random. Yeah. Do you remember that? It was yeah, like, of course, yeah. It, was it really would just annoying. randomly choose which side, and it's like, it felt like a a thing that would totally make or break a game that was just totally random and unable to be accounted for, which felt like. I don't even play a ton of card games and man, that fucking pissed me off. I was like, this seems like a thing that that's like, how do you even account for this? It's li- just totally random. Yeah. Didn't um, make any sense. Um, that's, th- I feel that's like this so game is like good artifact. Really battlegrounds. Yeah. Or Hearthstone. <laughs> Hearthstone battlegrounds. Yeah. Hearthstone is like if artifact was good. <laughs> no battlegrounds is like if art- artifact was good. Because it's like Interesting. you're trying to create the best board you can and then they resolve um, randomly f- to a large extent. Does your like previous Hearthstone knowledge matter? Um, it helps because the card effects are the same as they are in Hearthstone and the tribes oh, okay. are the same as they are in Hearthstone. But it's not difficult to figure that out as you go because you have like a minute to make a decision for what card you want to buy. And um, it's very easy it's 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 pretty simple honestly and then the rules are pretty different from hearthstone so it helps to know what the tft and auto chess rules are but i feel like it's pretty easy to pick up and learn and get like the hang of it also like it's one of those things where the game is still in such early stages that there's like there's very obviously good strategies and very obviously bad strategies right now that you figure out like after an hour playing the game we're like, okay, beasts are really good. Mechs are really good. And everything else is super meh. You know? The only thing is that you start out, you get to choose between one of two heroes at the beginning. And they all have different, like, abilities. So that gives it, like, a cool little twist. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Worth checking out, I think. Also, grab bag. Been playing some guitar. Got, a, uh, got an amp guitar hero playing my electric no real guitar real guitar hero yeah and it's like it's like a video game (laughs) you know uh no i don't know i don't you gotta have to kind of let me know a little more in that metaphor you know how like i actually played guitar hero well before i ever played guitar and like i got good at guitar hero i fucking love guitar hero I could play like, you know, Cliffs of Dover on Expert. I could play. Listen, man, Zoomers will never know the beauty of having a plastic guitar. Oh, that shit was the most fun, man. And that was the, that was just like parties just happened because rock of band, I wasn't Hero. into it because it didn't have the fucking, the clicker, the, the strumming also, thing was uh, so uh, shit. Uh, it was floppy. Uh, it was so the bad. The guitar yeah. here one gave you the, that yeah. was like, you needed that, man. And, when you're just running your fingers up and down the board and you just feel like a badass, you start tapping. You're like, yeah, I fucking miss that. I want to get that shit again. How do I play listeners? Email me. Let me know how I get this. Hit me up on the Discord. Be like, how do I play guitar hero again? Yeah. Is it on PS4? Is there, is that, I think they're making them. 
there wasn't there was a new one like a few years back right i think it was an xbox exclusive it was like live is there one on pc you could play that there's like freeware one called uh frets on fire oh that's right play. i don't know about <laughs> yeah. that maybe maybe i'll check it out but i miss guitar anyway it's like when you get good at that game it's like you get you know the dexterity of like okay here's what i do yeah, yeah. guitar is like that man where it's like you you start you'll play stuff and you're like your fingers don't know what to do and they're like wet noodles going around on the fretboard and then you play it slow a couple times and play it a little faster you play it a little faster and all of a sudden radiohead's coming out of your amp and you're like hell yeah dude i'm playing fucking body snatchers on the guitar and you just feel good but it's like you're actually making music did you ever play rocksmith uh oh it's is that a, the one with like the real guitar yeah you you, you no. get your electric guitar and you plug it into your usb computer into your computer and it like shows you like what stuff to play it's crazy and like you can just learn songs on it i think i feel like that was what happened it was that like tech just got good enough that like you didn't need guitar hero anymore. you could just gamify it uh, it's not a stand-in for guitar hero because guitar hero is video gamey what's interesting is there's a lot of a lot of core loops of video games they boil down the sensation of what it feels like to be really good at something so that you don't actually have to waste your time getting really good at it and right. failing guitar hero did that, that where it's like oh it feels like you're on stage playing guitar even though you're only playing like every three notes that the actual guitar player is playing is like one note in guitar hero you know and it's the kind of thing <laughs> yeah Sorry, uh, you were looking for your phone and like really you look at your phone and like really distracted me for some reason i was just like <laughs> no, i was writing down you, a note looking at <laughs> writing down your note but it's the kind of thing where it's like that fantasy element that video games give you of like you don't actually have to spend your time getting good at this thing you can just like play it in a game and get the same sense sensation is what's cool about guitar hero you know because you still have to yeah, practice yeah. guitar for like hours and hours if you want to be good enough to like play it on stage and get that sensation of like i'm good at something and people are watching me you know but yeah video games boil that experience down in a really cool way um i feel like that's something similar with like um like why a lot of the like zaktronics games are really popular where it's like they're like it's like that but for like coding or like chemistry like there's yeah. a new zaktronics game come out like literally I think last week it's about like making chemicals in some like Eastern European basement or something, but it's like, it's all about like, uh, here's like a, a $7 word for you. It's like about like the like mimetic interface of a game mm. being the thing that's exciting. And like specifically there's like a, a critical layer of abstraction that kind of smooths over the experience of the real thing in lieu of like making the experience of doing the thing kind of like exaggerated. So you have like kind of programming esque stuff. That's like feels good and gamey in a way where it's very satisfying, but it's not, it's never like you're just programming um, to do this thing. Or if you're programming, you're programming in this kind of sandbox way. That's kind of got a lot of fences on it. Um, 
What's interesting for me too, is I feel like as someone who programs, I imagine that I have, I, well, I, mean, I do I have the same reaction to those games that I think a lot of people who actually played guitar had reactions to guitar hero where they're like, I already, why don't I just do the real thing? Like, it's like people who are so close to it aren't able to actually like engage with that distance in a meaningful way. So you have like guitar, you know, people who like play guitar, like, I don't want to play guitar here. I'll just like play my guitar. Cause it's like fun and really great. And I can just jam on this thing. And I'm like, I don't want to play a game where I code cause I could just code anyways. Or it's like work maybe is like, I don't know if like a, a rock star wants to play guitar hero when they're not working or something. Cause it's right. getting at that same idea. Yeah. Um, For the average person, it's like three hours in guitar hero gets you the same sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Of like 50 hours of regular guitar, you know, where it's like to get significantly better, you'll have to practice every day for a month, you know, whereas guitar hero, like if you play a couple hours, just straight up, you'll get from easy to medium, you know? Right. Um, so that like a layer of abstraction is critical. I mean, and that could be applied to most video games that are based on real life activities where it's like American truck simulator gives you the vibe of like you're driving across the U S and it, you spend 10 minutes in your truck going between Las Vegas and LA, but you're not actually spending six hours doing that, but it gives you like the same sensation of like out on the open road, getting all my flight, my fright, correct. Getting, um, like building up a reputation as a driver, all this stuff. Um, and like that's the whole thing about video games like they turn these difficult time consuming systems into something more simple and more you know easily attainable for the average person even if it I is remember, still quote work boiled down I can't down. remember where I read this um I really can't remember but it was it was a really good quote that was basically talking about the evolution of games and how games specifically often well, they seem to basically remediate things we used to do as work, but now that we're so far away from it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously a rolling line as society moves on, we get further away from other parts of it that like makes stuff be really interesting. So like you see the proliferation proliferation of like survival games right now at a time where like, I think for a lot of people that are like in our like socioeconomic class, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera that are like the targets of these games don't have to worry about that. Like we don't have to worry mm. about how hard it is to like traverse difficult terrain and like death stranding or whatever, because like, that's not our daily life. We're not like literally huffing it across mountains or whatever, or it's, it's like the appeal of um, like strategy or like car mechanic simulator, like the proliferation of like simulator games like that. Like we're not all, large scale industrial farmers that have to worry about actually like farming, but we can play it and it's, it's far enough away and not part of our like current, like collective psyche that we still have that notion of work attached to it. Right. Um, so like, it's interesting to see that kind of line move and say what we're doing now in games is something that we probably used to do as work, but we're now able to experience at this like weird sort of like messy middle between where we are now, where we, what we used to do and games are kind of bridging the gap to say you used to do this and maybe it's like fun in your lizard brain because you kind of remember what it's like doing that 200 <laughs> years ago, yeah, but like, yeah. but it's like, t but it, you're experiencing the ease of it and something about that is really compelling. 
Um, and so I think it's similar, like in Guitar Hero, maybe it's like a, it's a slightly different thing, but, um, no, I, yeah. I think that stuff's applicable like everywhere. And like, now that I'm playing guitar, it's like, I used to play Guitar Hero and it's like way harder to do anything that feels nearly <laughs> as cool. You know? <laughs> You're not going to play Cliffs of Dover right now. Yeah, that's... That'll take me years before I'm able to play anything in that realm. But it's also funny because it's not like one to one, right? It's not like 20 hours of Guitar Hero puts you in the same place as 20 hours of guitar it, does. Yeah, the cliff just <laughs> it just is it just a massive thing where it's like to move your hands that way, it just takes years. You know? There's a reason people just play Wonder Wall at parties because Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, you know, you have to develop calluses, which I'm doing that are making it easier. Yeah. You have to develop the muscle memory, the accuracy. I'm asking myself, like, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm too old. Maybe my fingers aren't right. But then I see these old geezers that are like 50, 60, whatever on fucking YouTube. And they're like, <laughs> like just <laughs> riffing. And I'm like, I could do that shit in a couple years after. <laughs> also, I've used to play, I'm used to playing acoustic guitar, which is like, whole different beast than electric yeah um so now i'm like learning whole new ways of playing guitar and it's like have you gotten into like effects yet oh my god some yeah pedals i got some pedals and like it just feels so oh. nice man it's so like when you <laughs> press the button and a different sound comes out i got this analog amp gear men's time um, oh yeah gear it's a vox gear, amp which is the kind that you know brian may of queen used to use huge Ooh. proponent of vox amps but it's uh it's an analog amp so it uses tubes to amplify the noise some they do some sort of analog uh thing that amplifies your guitar sound and uh oh my god man when you hear what do you <laughs> this is this sounds nuts but i used to have a solid state amp which is not analog it's doing it you know through some digital means right and um, it sounded great. It was cool. It sounded nice. It's amplifying my guitar. It made it loud, which is cool. Had nice, um, rough, kind of gristly tones to it. Ooh. It's, yeah, it's 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 a fuzzy amp where the sound comes through and it's very distorted. Um, that's its strength is like you turn up the gate and you can chug along with the, your orange amp. <laughs> but the, this amp, the Vox, it's got clean noise, clean sound. And um, when you just put on put up the volume on this thing and the clean starts coming out, it sounds angelic, man. Like this thing sounds. <laughs> oh, man, I swear to God, my roommate also plays guitar. And I was like, you got to come check this out. He came to my room and he like I was like, just just play a few some things on this guitar right now. And he starts playing. He's like just taken aback by how just beautiful <laughs> this thing sounds. It sounds so nice, man. You got these sounds coming out of this app and it's just, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And you know, that's something you, you don't, you know, that's like a video gamey thing that you don't really get in video games as much as like the satisfaction. If you got this new gear and you get to hear how it performs like in real life, because the abstraction in video games takes away from the genuine experience of hearing this thing in your room or wherever in your garage or wherever you have your amp and the gratification of getting that experience. You know what I'm saying? There's some things that I think some, video games just can't capture. I think some of it too, like I think about this a lot when like playing with like the modular stuff that I've been doing is like, um, 
there's like there's definitely like boundaries in video games in a lot of different ways. And unless you're playing a game that's like its whole point is about being creative, there's like there's kind of like a, a there's a there's a large play space, but there is like a limited play space of like what you can do inside of a game because there's like necessary constraints. And like one thing that's really fun about doing the modular stuff is that like those bounds don't really exist in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like you can like fuck up, but you can still make a sound. That's not a good sound, but you're making that sound happen. Yeah. And kind of like being able to go to that place really immediately and just kind of like, be like, oh, shit, I like surprise myself with how like bad this is. But also <laughs> now I can actually work from here and go somewhere that I wasn't expecting. Or like the sensation it's, of like nobody. I haven't heard this before. Like this is. Yeah, this like is I'm new. making this thing here. That's like there's no nothing about the thing I have in front of me has dictated like oh, it has to be this way. It's like, oh no, I'm just, I'm doing this now because I'm I'm saying that this has to work this way. And like, obviously instruments are kind of like play spaces, but I mean, the guitar has been around for hundreds of years. So like clearly there's it's, still it's, a lot left in it. It's interesting because they're, they're interfaces, analog yeah. interfaces for creating music that requires skill. And in that sense, it's like, one layer away from a video game where it's like the only thing is like there's just not an objection or an objective but like even then if you have a sheet of music in front of you it's like similar to video games where like you have this thing in front of you you have a controller as it were and i think it's also the opposite is also true where like i think you watch a lot of speedrunners and i feel like they treat video games as instruments like it's less about like you watch like really crazy speedruns that are like about like sequence breaking and stuff and the way people like play in the sense is very much playing with the game as a sort of like as an instrument or a tool where they know all of its inner workings. And they say that if I just do these sort of things, like if I play this really hot riff with like the D pad and then press this button at the same time, instead of hearing some like fucking crazy, like wah from a guitar, it's like the game snaps in half and they warp 400 feet past where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're in like a glitch land. Um, I think it's like, yeah, it's very similar. It's weird trying to figure out where the line is between like something that's structured and something that's just like open-ended, creative, do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Where like the the potential for like what you can create out of it is just so much different based on how much freedom you have in the space. Because on a guitar, like I can add a pedal and it sounds completely different. But in Guitar Hero... right there's very little room for customization. I'm just following this path. And then, you know, the, the music track is already there anyway. You can't really alter it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but at the same time, there are so many similarities between these two things. It's just like a gradient of like free reign versus just like being in a single track that doesn't change. Good combo. Good combo, Kyle. Good combo. I have one more grab bag thing. Grab it. Grab me. I'm going to grab it. Do you remember Apple Arcade? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vaguely. I think I'm going to cancel. Maybe I want to play. The thing is, I want to play like Manifold Garden. I've heard some good things. Someone on the Discord was talking about how good it is. Shouts out to you. I know I'm not going to mention your name because I'm, I'm, I'm not mentioning Discord names, but on the Discord, we had someone talking about that game. And um, it sounds cool. But then I saw it's coming out. It's like out on Epic Game Store. And I'm like, why would I want to yeah. play that on my iPhone? Yeah. No. 
I definitely like I'm starting to draw the line in my mind um between like games there's like there's like a there's a there's a continuum between like games I want to play on PC and pay for games I don't want to play for but I want to play with the controller on Apple Arcade and then games I want to play on Apple Arcade only on a phone and then games I don't want to play on Apple Arcade and I feel like the first release of Apple Arcade when they like dropped all these like hot ass indie games that were like you know the who's who of game announced five years ago we haven't seen anything about and now it's out like that shit was all this first bar where it was like um it was well guess not the first bar. it was like games i want to play on apple arcade and not pay for and that was dope but then now i've played some of them and i'm like i just rather play this on a computer like like mutazione and like um like cyanor wild hearts and like stuff like that overland even to an extent um but i'm finding like a like they're definitely not releasing like that that sort of like batch of games they released at the start was very special and it was very special in a way that i think might have really oversold what apple arcade was trying to do because i besides i guess manifold garden and there might have been like one or two others that have come out since then but like these are like games that take games take a long ass time to make and if you just release all the most anticipated indie games at the same time like you're not going to have another batch of that stuff so i think that they're in a position now where like they did all these really cool games up front and they're kind of like sprinkling some of these other runes that are clearly great but like if you go to the apple arcade stuff and like look at like the most recent list a lot of it's just like looks like generic like app store game it's like here's a game about light and shadow and here's a game about rolling a ball and here's a game about bright colors and lights. And it's like the, they're clearly not holding that cadence the same way. Like it's just, it just was not ever going to be sustainable. And they're already settling out to sort of feeling like they're just another app store. And like the cadence is also crazy. They're still like releasing stuff almost every week. Um, but now it just feels like there's just two app stores and Apple arcade is slightly better. Yeah. Um, Versus being some like premium gaming destination, which I think was there are no well, I think a lot of us thought it was destinations, man. I think that's what we're gonna learn through this whole thing is there's like this fucking channel bullshit is so annoying. Now Disney Plus came out this week or whatever, and it's like now I just have to subscribe to another thing if I want to watch a fucking Disney movie. You know, like it's bullshit. And I'm just going to have 50 different channel subscriptions now who like Hulu, Netflix, YouTube TV, Disney plus HBO go showtime. What I, what is, and then now for video games, I have to have fucking stadia, Epic game store, steam, fucking Apple arcade. <laughs> just all these different channels. It's just going to be the same shit as before with cable. And it's like, it's just annoying. You know, I guess you get the choice of like which ones you want to choose, but Apple Arcade is just going to be another one of those things now. And after they blow their initial load, every one of these platforms, it's like you get a, a, just a trickle of new games where it's like, oh, what do we, you have to check all of your systems and be like, all right, what do we got this week? You get two new things. Is it good or bad? Like Netflix, how you're like, you look at the recently added they all suck or you've seen all of them and then you're like well <laughs> let's go check the amazon same shit yep. 
And then you're like, I guess I'll watch Great British Bake Off. That's the same thing with all these, <laughs> these platforms, man. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> you just choose what your comfort food is and you just keep dipping back in that well. I think it's hard too because like the premium gaming destination is like Steam. The good shit's on Steam. The good shit is always on Steam. Most of but what I want to play change. is on Steam. It's going to change very soon. Think about how... Think about how Netflix. Think so. Fucking dude, think about Activision how Netflix just came used back to, to be. Steam. Like a couple years ago, everyone used to think Netflix. Nothing. Who's ever going to take down Netflix? They have a monopoly on the online streaming video thing. And then now there's Amazon Prime, and now it's breaking off into a hundred different things. And the same thing is happening with Steam right now, man. Think of how many Epic Games Store exclusives there are. A lot of them are timed exclusives, but. That's going to change pretty soon. Think about when EA or fucking, I mean, Origin already exists, but they're going to start ramping that up. Probably UB, Uplay is going to start doing more. It's just, it's all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like you'll play games where the things you want to play are at. Um, and if you like really care enough about something, I mean, back on that beat from a few podcasts ago about like playing shit I already have. Like there's a lot of stuff that's come out that I really want to play. Like I want to play Death Stranding. I really want to play Planet Zoo. That looks like super dope. But um, like I'm playing Disco Elysium right now. And like I'm playing Disco Elysium for the past few weeks. And like I'm going to play another game after that. And then like the exclusivity window of these things releasing only on like Stadia or whatever is going to be over. And I'll just play it then. So I think it's, I think it's like if you care about playing what's new when it comes out, then... I think the platform stuff is way harder, but if you're like down to wait, which I think people are going to give you more and more, just want to wait. They'll just be like, I don't want to fucking do this platform tango. I agree with you. I'm just saying we better hope it stays like that. And I don't think it will because (laughs) I think the timed exclusive thing is going to turn into platform exclusive pretty quickly. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think it's like how much exclusive has, has like always been a toss up. So that's true. We'll see. We'll see. Like yeah. there hasn't been an exclusive on Xbox that I've cared about like since like Halo 3. And then by the time I started caring again, they started doing the Game Pass and that's just on PC. Mm. So I'll play Forza on PC for $5 a month or whatever. Yeah. Want to wrap? You got anything else, man? I'm good. Let's wrap it. All right. We are Bad End Podcast as always. This has been episode number 60. Special thanks to everyone on our Discord. Shouts out to all y'all are the best. If you want access to that Discord, you can reach us. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash badend. We also have a nice little reworked website where you can find all of our old episodes. It's badendpodcast.com. You can also click on one of those episodes. And if you like a section of it, you can turn it into a recast. Put that up on social media. Share a little clip from the show if you like it. Um, We are on social media by the way speaking of which we are on twitter at bad end podcast we are also on gmail we got bad end pod at gmail.com it's very helpful if you go rate us and review us on itunes as well which you should go and do right now if you can't like go on there log in do all your shit give it some star ratings um do that thing where you like actually leave a written review that's actually super helpful very helpful you can drown out the one like really bad review that we got 
And then I feel like we're probably going to get another, another one from this like person who like got, who like said I yelled too hard during the last episode. He probably left a bad review. Hopefully, maybe, hopefully not. Um, I didn't, I'm sorry if I yelled, by the way, <laughs> I'm sorry if I got a little bit too heated about outer worlds game got me a little upset. And you know heated. what? The other thing is I was, you know, I think I tend to, when I get like upset on like a not actually pissed off, but like annoyed at a thing in a video game, it sounds like a lot more threatening than like it sounds in my brain, which is just like, I'm irritated by this thing and I'm trying to express that. And then it sounds like I'm like actually angry, you know, you ever have that where it's like you listen to something. It sounds like, oh, I thought this sounded a lot more like laid back in my yeah, head. You're like, oh, I sound angry. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah. quote, angry, but not in a real way. You know, I, I don't actually have I anything that. against like the people who made Outer Worlds. I just like was being annoyed at it on a podcast, you know. So that's I my mean- explanation for that. Um, and besides outer world sucks so it's like whatever um i think that just about does it for this week thanks again for listening folks we love you all very much um you're you're what keeps us going and uh, we hope you'll stick around for the future because we got some cool stuff coming up so keep an eye out for that we'll see you in a couple weeks later Oh, 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 oh,